welcome to the Make Learning Magical podcast. I am your host, Tisha Richmond. On this show, I chat with educators and thought leaders from around the world to hear stories of how they are transforming teaching and creating unforgettable learning experiences because we all have our own special magic. Welcome to the Make Learning Magical podcast. Today, I have Jeffrey Flaum on the show. Jeffrey is an accomplished writer, photographer, and former inner city educator with 34 years of experience in the New York City Department of Education. He considers himself a teacher, developer, researcher, and experimentalist in the classroom. He has produced many original, innovative, and progressive projects on emotional intelligence, social-emotional learning, identity, creativity, imagination, poetry, writing prose, thinking, reading, concentration, and values clarification. His book, Motivating Teen and Preteen Readers, How Teachers and Parents Can Lead the Way, presents creative techniques for teaching struggling and reluctant readers. Jeffrey, it is wonderful to have you on the show today. Welcome. Yeah, thank you. Thanks thanks a lot, Taish, for, that, for having me here. Appreciate it. Absolutely. As I was sharing before you came on the show, uh, both of my kids are going to be moving to New York very shortly. So it's good to know people in the city <laughs> when sure your kids is, are yeah. that far away. <laughs> They're going to like uh, Brooklyn, really. I, I was saying before, it, it's change so much so much you know and for the better <laughs> for the better i bet i bet so i would love for you to share i know that you have um a long history in in new york city and a wonderful journey in education could you just introduce yourself and share a little bit uh, about yourself and your educational background yeah um i i spent a lot of time uh developing creating uh different stuff uh uh, that I was uh, given, you know, to teach in the classroom. And uh, I just didn't like the tr- traditional way of teaching. And I was fortunate enough to be in a school where <laughs> you could do you could do your thing, you know, and, and the principal was really, really good and, 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 and allowed me to, you know, uh, work on, on my programs and uh, the, the most basic thing that I wanted to do touch with, with, with the kids is that I wanted them to be present, mm-hmm. you know, for me and not that I would have to, uh, you know, uh, say, listen up, listen up, you, you know, uh, and I, I wanted to do it from the inside out, not from the outside in. And that's why I, I the first program that I got into was this contemplation uh, music writing program. The kids were really into music. I played top their their music, um, top ten sounds, and basically they just they listened for ten minutes, they reflected f- for ten minutes, and then they wrote for ten minutes, and and then we read the cards. There, I put them. They put them on four by six index cards, and I read them out, you know, orally uh, and anonymously. I didn't, I didn't, you know, give out names because a lot of times they gave very personal information. I didn't want, you know, anything thrown back at them from, from the other kids. So, uh, no. And, and, and from the contemplation program, everything, you know, uh, self-awareness, self-motivation and self-education that this awareness can, you know, bring them into a reality of the classroom and, and learning and without me, you know, pounding them and 
you know, and uh, uh, from the from the contemplation program, I mean, um, came uh, these concentration exercises that that I developed. Uh, like we used to play as a kid. You might have done this with your friends: the staring game. Right, the idea, <laughs> right, right. You know, right. The idea is to, to stare, both stare, and the first one that laughs or, or, or freaks out loses. You know, sure. And so, yeah, and, and that's what they did. They played the, the staring game. And then after, you know, laughing and going crazy for 10 minutes, they wrote about their their experiences and how they were able to hold and then lose their concentration and why and why they lost. it. So, I, um, yeah, I love that. So now were you t- what age of students were you teaching when you did these activities? Well, yeah, for the most part, it was four, five, fourth, fifth, and sixth graders. But I also went down as low as the second grade, and, right. uh, which I and I and I and I used the contemplation program with those kids. And I I don't have the the their responses around, but they were unbelievable. What the, what the kids were flying pizzas and yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> all the candy canes and uh, peppermints and. God knows what what they came up with in their heads, but they they loved it too. I mean, but it was a different uh, it was a different <laughs> experience for a second grader. But sure. The upper grades, you know, really really got into things, and you, you know, uh, a lot of heavy stuff, and 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 they appreciated it. They 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 liked that. They, it wasn't done when I started this in mid seventies. Um, they nobody was doing this. Uh, their, uh, uh, emotional intelligence uh, was you know really not around. And uh, uh, Cabot Zin, uh, Zin, who who started the uh, this whole thing uh, later on, um, you know, gets into EI and cell and and stuff. And uh, um, you know, but it, it worked. For, it worked in my classrooms. And was somebody walked into the classroom and he said. Uh, he said, this is, it feels like they're praying, mm. <laughs> you know, and, and it was good. I mean, and, but it worked uh, because it helped in terms of their learning and, and studying habits and, and, sure. and, and, and their, their reading test scores, which, you know, you know, which is such a, an important thing. Well, their grades were, were, were good. They, they did sure. uh, better than average. And as you're talking about this, I think about really, this could be done in older levels too, middle school, high school. This could carry over really into any grade and any content area. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, you know, middle school uh, is a whole other uh, trip for the kids. Um, And and high school, yeah, there's a lot of things going on. And they really don't have... um, you know, outlets to express themselves. Sure. Uh, besides, a guidance, you know, they have mm-hmm. a guidance class we had in, in junior high and middle school and mm-hmm. high school. And, and that, that, this year, this is a program in any English uh, uh, language arts class in middle sure. or high school that, that they definitely can use. And, and, and it works into their themes. Like an English teacher has certain themes that they want to write about doing this type of, uh, pre-writing activity um, really would uh, help uh, improve their writing as well. 
Sure. Well, and I think so many schools too are trying to really integrate writing throughout a variety of subjects. So this might be a, a really wonderful way to bring in those writing skills to other subjects that uh, normally, you know, you wouldn't think of having writing, but there is writing and science and social studies and even classes that, you know, I taught like culinary arts, there's a writing component. And so this oh, yeah. really could cross over. Oh, sure. <laughs> culinary art for sure. Yeah. You know, kids get in, get into that and, uh, um, you, you know, and how they feel and think about what they're doing and also in culinary arts and maybe getting ideas about, you know, uh, a recipe or something that they want to, uh, you know, uh, create. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So walk us through what this looks like in your classroom when you do um, these, this contemplation project. How um, would somebody go about doing this? How do you start and what does it look like? Okay. Um, we had uh, huge uh, uh, windows uh, that were uh, had rails, guardrails, like a semi-prison look, you know, it wasn't pleasant, but what it looked out to was really nice. Um, but um, I put the shades down, cut the lights, um, I left the door open, you know, the mood was set, and, um, and, 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 and Tash, this goes back many years, because I had the kids, I gave them blank audio cassette tapes, Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't know if you do it, but that, yeah. you know, and they record, they did their own DJing and I, you know, put it in a boom box. And so I had no interference about uh, that. I was playing my music and not their music. And, sure. uh, and they loved it. You, you know, they, uh, so uh, the, the simple procedure was to, they uh, put their heads down on the desk um, Close their eyes and listened uh, for ten minutes. Um, when the, when the music stopped, they they reflected on what mm -hmm. they experienced, their internal experiences, mm -hmm. and then wrote about it uh, on that you know uh, little index card. And then we read them you know out loud. Uh, and and I and I and I asked them questions for uh, the I had a basic set of questions like what. Uh, what pictures, what mind pictures did you see? Because mm -hmm. this is all about inner visualization. Um, mm -hmm. What thoughts and ideas came came to mind? What experiences came to mind? You know, what feelings uh, did you experience while this was going on? And, you know, and they, they had no problem uh, expressing themselves, you know, That's really. That's yeah. wonderful. So you had mentioned before they're they're writing these these thoughts on these index cards, and then you said it was anonymous as you wrote as you read them. So did you collect them all and then just read off one by one? I think in a blog that I read that you wrote about this, you had said any kid that didn't want theirs read, you wrote they had to write it on the card. Like I don't want mine right to yeah. the class, right. and then yeah. Right. Sure. No, I mean, some things were so personal that sure. you didn't have to write anything. I, I would never read them. And um, and what I did was, I, this is the book of experiences that oh. uh, I put together uh, for, uh, I think, one, uh, one, one class, one class. And each kid had their own 
you know, page, you know, 10 pages or so of all their uh, contemplations. And uh, after a certain point, the mid-year, I gave them all their cards, their index cards back. They read them back to themselves. And then they, I had a, a questionnaire that they uh, that they responded to you know what what did you think what what stood out you know uh, well again what did you go through and so on and so forth for, for the, both mid-year and at the end of the year and and I gave them their cards you know back you know so uh, yeah was, uh, yeah this yeah I never had any issues you know um, with somebody saying I don't want to do this sure you know you because you, you could because uh, I gave it to a, a friend in another class and it was one girl that sh she could not do it and I, and I said to him I said why what what happened she just you know wouldn't uh, open mm -hmm. up but that was the only uh, person mm -hmm. that uh, you know had had, had trouble uh, with that did you find that you waited to do this activity until you'd established a little bit of trust and relationship building with your students? I wonder if, you know, how important that is to making, to giving them that safety to be able to write and have that shared with the class. What, what time in the year did you start mm -hmm. these? Yeah, it's a good question. I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember. <laughs> I, I pretty much started in the fall, uh, yeah. you know, I uh, right up front uh, uh, with the kids. And in certain cases, I had one class. I went from the fourth to the fifth to the sixth. I went you know, almost three, oh, three. Well, I taught uh, a creative writing cluster. So I had uh, a lot of these, a lot of the kids from the fourth, fifth and sixth grade in my classes before. So this was like old school to them already. They, sure. you know, they knew what the drill was and, and stuff. And, uh, uh, you know, so they were comfortable with that. They, they had no problems, you know, mm -hmm. you know, talking that talk and, and saying their thing. They did not hold back. I love it. So now did you, you had mentioned when you did this with your students, they had compiled their music on cassette tape. So did you, how did that work? Did you um, have them create their own music and share with you? And then you would select some of those to play for these contemplations? Did you, and, and did you use some of your own music? <laughs> <laughs> I'm using though they, they they weren't thrilled exactly. They weren't. <laughs> um, but no, I played. This was there. This was for them. And uh, I, I remember. I mean, I forget the song that they. Uh, oh, uh, I. I mean, this goes back a ways. Sure. Uh, I'm all. I think uh, I forget. It. I'm all out of love. Oh yes, I love that song. Okay. I'm so lost without <laughs> you. Right? Is that the one? Yeah. Uh, yes, yes, yes. And they just broke out one time and they all started, you know, singing, you know, you know, I, I mean, uh, what is the other song? Uh, Gloria? Gloria. Oh. Yes. You know, and they, they were, you know, I mean, most of it, look, they, they all were into pretty much the same sounds. So mm -hmm. whatever tape they, the kids put together, the class uh, appreciated that, you know. I, yeah. I love that. Well, there's so much emotion in music. And I mean, what a powerful way to get students to just 
process their own feelings and and what's going on in their own head and and to be able to connect to the lyrics and to the sounds and and I think mm. it's it's so so powerful and I'm wondering as you did this activity because it sounds like you would do it you know multiple times throughout the year um did you notice that their writings and their reflections became um I don't know, just more, more colorful or, or just evolved throughout the year as they were in practice of doing this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, the, the, first of all, you know, still, you know, writing, you know, you want the writing to be good. I mean, sure. The, the expressions are important, but I want the right, the writing did improve, you know, mm-hmm. throughout the year. And, um, uh, um, like I say, they did, they just didn't, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't find them holding back. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, with what they had to say, uh, um, um, you know, some of it was, was heartbreaking, uh, sure. that, that what, what they were saying that, uh, you know, uh, 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 just crazy home situations that, uh, uh, you know, that it, that it was tough, but, uh, you know, they got, they got out, they got it out. Let's say yeah, that was the that, that was the motto: get into it and get it out. <laughs> sure, I <laughs> no, love and it. They, yeah, and and I put uh, in the back of the room uh, a big poster. It said "Contemplation All Stars," and with all the kids they listed, and I, you know, again I gave them stars. I mean, which I, you know, when I think back, I said, "How could you start doing something like that?" But I did, you know, and most of them got stars for every, you know. They put their name down. I, you know, I, I want. I just wanted to pump them up to, you know, make them feel good about their writing and stuff. So, absolutely, absolutely. I would love to hear a little bit more about these these concentration workouts that you uh, did with your students. Mm. You say that they can be done from second grade through high school, and they're you know fun, stimulating, challenging activities to improve mm. concentrations. Can you share a few of those different work? workouts and why you did these with your students yeah yeah in the classroom everything is concentration you know if if you ain't with me uh where are you uh you know and i say i didn't want to demand uh you know listen up please i i if i had to do that i'm losing and i i've lost the kids already sure Uh, you know i I wanted a, a natural internal thing and uh, some of these, as I think back about some of these uh, concentrations, they're pretty wild. Um, but um, here's the most basic thing that I had them do preliminary to contemplation, right? Counting backwards. Can you? And I had them count back from thirty to one. And so you know, and the, you know, and and I have actually have you know they wrote about after counting backwards. They wrote about counting backwards. And I read these things and nobody's into the numbers. Nobody's going 30, 29. I count it back. They, all, all these uh, uh, dreams and fantasies and uh, experiences are coming up. <laughs> no numbers. you know. So uh, and, and it was just a simple uh, 30, 30 second minute exercise to count backwards. So, uh, you know, they lost all focus, you know, on the main the main idea of it is to you know, just to count backwards. Um, um, uh, Let's see. uh, Oh, smiling faces in the mirror. 
So I had them look in uh, the assignments. They look in. They they brought in hand mirrors, and I said, "I this is what I want you to do. I just want you to look at your, uh, you know, f- face in the mirror, you know, and uh, and just hold hold that hold that concentration without laughing or just keep staring at your face, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and without losing concentration." Um, Read and bring yourself peace. Just to plant that idea in their head that, you know, reading was not always the favorite subject and, you know, compounded with test scores that are not the greatest, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, makes reading not a a fun activity when you have all those statistics, you know, hanging over your head. So I would have, I would have them just, you know, read whatever, a page or two, in a reader or a novel that they're, they're reading and um, just, you know, feel good about it and, and, and uh, be, a, be a, a cognizant of being at peace and, mm-hmm. and not worrying about anything else but the words that they're uh, transcribing in their brain, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and visualizing. Do you, um, did you have a time within your, your daily schedule that you would do one every single day or, and did you repeat them so that they would do these activities over and over? How, what did that look like? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I had to carve out, you know, time. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the, the contemplation activity came after lunch okay. because after the cafeteria, it was every man, woman, and child for themselves. And they, <laughs> right. They were, kids were wild when they came back. Sure. So the first thing I put on the music and and they chilled out and uh, and, and and wrote and they and they and they and they were fine with that. Um, mm-hmm. The yeah uh, the concent you know uh, uh, the concentration. I have to read you. Uh, let me see a couple others. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, sing a little tune to you. You know, and uh, I, again, they would have to, you know, sing a song, you know, uh, silently uh, and just focus on on that on that song without losing, you know, track and going off and getting getting distracted. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, or be the rock, you know, become the rock, you know, uh, however you want to do it and, and stay with that and that and not lose uh, uh, focus. You know, right. uh, uh, oh, this hit the penny. Do you play? You play it as a kid. Hit the penny um, with the boxes there and two two sidewalk boxes. Put the penny in the middle and and play hit the penny. I had them out in the schoolyard. They brought their Spaldines and and played hit the penny. And and then after they did that, I I said I want you to write about it and write about you know how you were able to you know, keep your focus. If you, even if you were getting killed in the game, were you able to maintain your concentration and stuff? So, yeah. And I think about just more and more, you know, with each passing year, how that concentration becomes more and more difficult because our, our kids are being bombarded with so many distractions all of the time. We all are right. At any given moment, we have all of these different things coming at us that, that can take our focus. And I think that's so powerful when you are intentional about building that into classroom instruction, uh, because I think it's a lesson that we we need to teach all of we need to teach all of our our kids and and as adults 
I think we can benefit from doing those exercises ourselves. Yeah. Well, yeah. There, <laughs> there are a lot of books on con- out there, you know, for, for adults on concentration. And, sure. and I, I think also a lot of people think that, oh, I, I can do, I can handle this, I can handle B, I can handle C, uh, multitasking in their mind. But I, I don't think that works uh, too often there. And because uh, you lose something in the, in the mix and uh, uh, you really have to, to, to do all that, uh, to multitask, it's not easy and uh, you, you lose something there. You do. Well, and I think it's very noticeable when, when you're in conversation with someone, <laughs> they know when you're distracted, right? When you have other things that are, vying for your attention or you are thinking about something else and you're not focused Mm -hmm. on the person who you're talking to, that person can tell. And I think it's really important for us to be able to model that for our kids, to truly be in the moment with our kids in the classroom and not think about all of the distractors around us. Like, you know, and as educators, there's so many stresses, so many things that we're having to think about and worry about, but really trying to be intentional about, being in that moment with our kids and then really helping our kids to learn how to do that too, to be able to truly be in the moment and give people their full attention. And it's difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of got to corral it and, um, but you have to work on it. I really I think what you were saying that with the uh, social media and, and the internet and everything else, uh, the kids and adults also assume that they can they can do so many things at once and and be good at what they're doing and it ain't ain't true. No, um, you, you know you 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 know have to keep pushing it. And I I sent you when you're in front of a classroom. I know if you're there as a class or you mm-hmm. ain't there. And I I I I I did not like that feeling when I sensed that. Uh, you know, everybody was on their own little journey there and, and not, you know, focused on what I'm trying to teach. Sure, sure. Well, you wrote a book and I would love to hear a little bit more about this book that you wrote. The book is called Motivating Teen and Preteen Readers, yes. How Teachers and Parents Can Lead the Way. Can you share a little bit about this this book? Yeah, yeah. Here she is. Uh-huh. Um um, it's again, this is also about, um, talking about being in the present moment and, mm-hmm. and being aware of where you're at. This is also getting into a kid's head with all, uh, it, it was originally called a thousand questions to pump up teen and preteen readers. Mm. And, uh, again, it's keep pumping the questions to the kids that, um, uh, make them aware uh, of what the heck they're doing while while they're 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 reading. Mm-hmm. Um, how can books improve your knowledge of technology? Explain your answer. Describe a book or an article you read about nature. Was it a good read? Explain. Um, again, just you know, pushing them to think about it's a, a lot of it's just about reflection. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, on, on on what you're doing and to. To show show a child that this is a fun uh, experience and a challenging one too. I mean, and motivating one. If you if you can't get into that, you 
you know, it's it's not happening. You're not going to be a reader or a life a lifelong reader, which is that was always my uh, goal. You know, uh, futuristic goal for the kids that they stay reading for life. You, you know, sure. And and now there's so many different uh, forms of reading, right? With in this internet age that we're living in, with blog mm. posts and. And so many different ways that kids can get um, involved in reading. And I think it is so important that they're reading what they love and things that they're passionate about, because uh, the, if they can get into those subject areas and those topics that, that intrigue them and that excite them, they're going to be more likely to continue to find mm. those topics and, and things to read. Mm. Yeah, uh, I um, when when picking out a novel, I, I read the kids, and um, I read um, some a bunch of Ernest Hemingway's short st- stories, and um, which were written. You know, Hemingway wrote on such a, a basic level that I could read it with a fifth and sixth grade class, and they mm-hmm. had no problem understanding it. And uh, uh, you know, I. I try to get him into heavier, heavier stuff with, uh, with reading. And yeah, that was really important. Right. Well, that is wonderful. So where can, where can people find your book if they want to purchase it? Um, it the publisher is uh, Roman and Littlefield. Okay. okay education, but also on, on, on the internet, uh, if they, uh, you know, uh, put in uh, motivating teen and preteen readers, uh, it, it should come up as well. Perfect. Yeah. Well, I'll yeah. put that in the show notes so people can find it. Yeah. Wow. Well, you have so many things here. I'm kind of reading through the list of the blog posts that you have written and the things that you have done um, with your students. And it's really incredible. And I'm really intrigued by... Um, this creative thinking picture slide series that you uh, talk about. Can you share a little bit about what that is? Yeah. Um, the creative thinking picture series um, is just a, a, a picture that I posted on the, uh, on the blackboard that I tacked up on the board. And um, like, uh, you know, I could have something, uh, <laughs> There's so many, there's billions, you know, uh, trying to get go through all these things. But the one that I always remember is the a picture of uh, a subway car and uh, with a, a, a bunch of penguins walking out of the uh, subway car. How they did that, I don't know, but, you know, uh, <laughs> that was a while ago, too. But, you know, and, and so I would put a question, I put, uh, I put the, uh, the picture up and the question was, what are the what are the penguins thinking? as they mm-hmm. leave the subway car uh, or where, where do you think the penguins are going? And the idea was for each, each child to brainstorm, you know, at least two, three, five, as many answers as they, you know, 10 answers to the question, because this again, is like a, a pre-writing activity. So they storm their brains and, 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 and develop that creative uh, thinking that, goes into writing because you got to do the creative thinking to get into creative writing. Right. Not just, you know, you know, uh, what did I, what'd you do on your, on your Thanksgiving holiday, you know, but uh, you know, where they just do these, you know, mundane themes there and stuff. So uh, 
you know, um, you know, there's a lot of pre pre stuff before you actually do uh, some serious writing. Sure. Well, and I love that about images. Everybody has a different perspective when they look at a picture, right? So somebody might be concentrating on the penguins and somebody else might look at that picture and see something that's happening in the subway. And everybody has kind of a different take or interpretation oftentimes when they look at images. And so I think that is really powerful um, to be able to use those images as a a pre-write. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you you know, (laughs) And what develops out of a lot of this here too, with the with the uh, creative thinking picture series, is that uh, a sense of humor. Yes. <laughs> These answers out loud, it's it's hilarious. I mean, the, the kids crack up, I crack up. Uh, you know, so it, it, it describes a sense of levity in the in the very serious classroom. Yes, <laughs> you know? I love it, and so many of these things that. Um, you are sharing today, we can find more about in your blog posts, you have some of these things published on Edutopia and on the internet. And so I'll link those in the show notes as well. So people can learn um, some more and read more about these amazing things that you did in your classroom. Yeah, on my website, I think you have, I gave you that. Um, yes. But also, uh in academia.edu, I think I, I, I must have sent you that because yes. all that all the programs are on independent.academia.edu, Flaum J, um, which is a, a wonderful uh, Uganzo uh, resource for almost anything. I mean, yeah. I'm just a, an elementary middle school teacher. These are, are scholars that are sure. really... Uh, that are on this uh, uh, site, but I do I do get a, a lot of hits and uh, uh, you know on on that uh, and questions about about the program. Yeah, yeah, that's wonderful. What I think about just the times we're living right now are so confusing and and scary for kids and mm-hmm. uncertain. And I think that what you're doing in in these different um, activities in the classroom through the contemplation project, through the concentration exercises and all these various ways that you are um, just really tapping into emotional intelligence and social emotional learning and, and, and just learning about yourself, right? Kids are learning Mm -hmm. about um, how to process their own thoughts and their own feelings and, and getting to tap into that creativity. All of that is so, so important and, um, and more important than ever. I think with every passing year, uh, we really need to find ways to be able to, to do that in the classroom and really, and help our kids. I, I, I think, uh, Tash, that, that the, that should be a subject, uh, you know, yeah. uh, opposed to the old group guidance, but you know, emotional intelligence, social emotional learning should be a subject that's at least gotten into a couple of times a week uh, mm-hmm. in in the classroom because it's uh, especially now. I mean, especially now with with the COVID and 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 everything, all the events that are happening. Uh, uh, kids are looking out and saying, what, you know, what am I getting into here? You know, uh, mm-hmm. where, where is my life heading uh, at this point? It's why, yes, it's wild times. So I would love to know, there's so many new teachers getting into education right now and 
they would probably love to hear some advice <laughs> for them. Yeah. Maybe they're heading into their very first year of teaching um, in these in these wild uh, days that we're living in. What what is a piece of advice that you could share with them, mm-hmm. or for any educator for that matter? Well, you know, I I I would you know all the things I've been saying that. Um, you, you want you want the kids to be in present time and, and you want them to feel good about being in the room mm-hmm. and you know you have you have to take care of their heads you know uh, despite what the principal you know the administrators are saying you know you, you know and they're worried about test scores and stuff mm-hmm. you know but uh, I, I think that you, you want to have a you know a happy classroom kids that are focused, and, and, and motivated and motivation sure. is the most important thing. You just, you just can't teach and uh, assume that, uh, Oh, the kids are going to be, uh, you know, just uh, jumping for joy. Uh, mm-hmm. What you're teaching that you, you have to get in, 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 in internally that, that they, uh, you know, feel what they're doing and, 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 and get a, a real appreciation for it coming from inside and not not from outside and and that they have the ability second grade and up uh, to do this uh, by themselves you know and giving them a lot of credit for who for who they are Wow. Well, that is wonderful, wonderful advice to leave us with, Jeffrey. And I know that so many teachers um, are going to listen to this podcast episode and be so inspired and ready to try these things with their students in their in their classroom. So I so appreciate you taking the time to share with us today. No, no, thank you for having me. No, uh, I hope, uh, you know, people uh, do try to contact me because I'm only, you know, really too happy to answer anything, uh, uh, any questions that they, that they have, you know. That's wonderful. So how can those listeners that are, are listening to the podcast today, how can they find you and connect with you, Jeffrey? Uh, through my email uh, that I think you have, you have my uh, email and Gmail uh, uh, address and, and they can definitely contact me through, through those addresses. And uh, I'll answer anything, uh, you know, that they want. Yeah, people, <laughs> I remember once at NYU in a, in a seminar, an education seminar with a wonderful teacher, Beatrice Cullinan, very famous. She wrote the book, uh, Education. She wrote an unbelievable book. And uh, <laughs> so we, we were talking about uh, experiential education. And one of the, uh, one of the people said, uh, so if we're studying class about Antarctica, do I have to take take the kids to Antarctica? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so there's a lot of wild conceptions out there. Sure. And, but I, I, I think that what I would, my take for new teachers is that creativity is the way. And uh, when, you, when you do that, you open your mind and you open their minds without a creative classroom, you know, it's just, you know, the three are reading, writing, arithmetic. And, uh, you know, you're in the 21st century, you have, you know, wake up and, uh, and, uh, you know, you can get into the game, you know, with your kids and you'd be surprised, you know, what, uh, what, uh, change, it changes the whole class. I think it changes the whole individually 
and the whole classroom environment changes. And that, and that there is a transformation there that's, that's incredible. Uh, you know, and, um, you know, I've had some rough classes and all the kids, they, 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 they got into the program, you know, and, and uh, it was amazing. You know, it really, it really was. I mean, I, I still talk with them. <laughs> I think that's that's like, amazing. They're in their fifties, you know, so they wow. can take their take their best shots now when they're not in the room, you know. <laughs> but right, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I still 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 talk with them. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, I I couldn't agree with you more. I think creativity in the classroom is so essential, and when we can t- when we can tap into that and we can find ways for our students to demonstrate their learning in creative ways, and we can com- be creative in the lessons that we teach, it j- definitely changes the game and. Um, and allows our students to not only connect with the learning, but it empowers them as learners as well. And it's just, uh, it's definitely, uh, I know in my classroom, it, my classroom transformed when I, I focused on that and I, I found ways for my students to be more creative. So I, I couldn't agree with you more, Jeffrey. That's right. You know, I was going to say that I think they did a study that the kid, from second grade on, to second to third to fourth, very creative. Kids are uh, very creative, very mm-hmm. creative. But then from the fourth grade on, it it kind of ends uh, mm-hmm. because it's stifled with the, yeah. you know, t- the t- traditional, you know, reading, writing, and arithmetic type of thing. And they lose it. They lose that creativity, you know, uh, and that's not sad. They shouldn't. It should be go straight up the ladder through high school. Right. I agree. And I think what you're doing with things like the contemplation um, project is that you are finding things that they can connect with, right? You're having, like you said earlier, it would be different if you were choosing your own music that maybe they didn't like, or they thought was boring, whatever. But when they're able to select that music, and of course, you know, these days we have to be careful on what music we are, we're playing in the classroom, but we, so that has to be vetted first, but when they can do these, these um, writing projects with music that they connect to that resonates with them, you're meeting them where they're at and that changes the game. You know, let's, let's, let's find the things that they love, the things that they're passionate about and that they can connect with. And, and then uh, you'll see that learning comes alive for our kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what you say brings up a lot of a lot of memories, a lot of things. But um, I used to play Billy Joel, like Billy uh, Joel. I love it. And, and yeah, he's great. And it's just the right music. Put them in a good head. And but then one of the kids came up. You, you like that music? <laughs> Why you don't like it? No. <laughs> and then I said one time. Uh, Mistakenly, I, I, I played one of the tapes for the for the class that they that they recorded, and it was hip hop. I played it. I wasn't really. I I was totally distracted. I was not listening, you know. And then a kid came up to me and said, uh, "You know, Mr. Flam, you listen to that music there?" I said, "I don't usually." I said, "You know, you don't hear what they're saying." I, I said, "No." Then I played it back later. And it was, you know, it was pretty violent. <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize it, you know, so uh, 
uh, yeah, I had to really, uh, you know, monitor some of the stuff, you know, that. Sure. Yeah, you definitely do. But I think, I think that is powerful when, um, and then it helps them think, I mean, when they're creating these playlists for you to play in class, it's making them think about what they're, what they're listening to, you know, and, and what is, what is appropriate and what, what is not. And maybe thinking a little deeper about the music that they're choosing. So. Yeah. Yeah. I I was surprised that they got so, you know, that they really got so deeply into it. And, um, uh, you know, eventually the music just becomes a background and, you know, for their thoughts and feelings and ideas and yeah, they, you know, get highlighted and and makes it easier for them to, to write about, you know? Sure. Well, that is wonderful, Jeffrey. Thank you so much uh, for sharing. So inspired by all of your ideas. And and maybe I will see you on the streets of New York someday because I'm definitely going to be visiting our kids very soon. So... Have you been, have you been to New York? You've been to New York, right? I, it's I, been a long time. My, my sister lived in Long Island for a while. And okay. so we, uh, we went into the city uh, from, from, I'm trying to think of the town that she lived in. She went to medical school out there. And so mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. took the, the, took the train a couple times from her home in Long Island uh, huh. to, to the city. And, but it's been a while. It's been about probably almost 10 years since I've been there last. Uh, So it'll be, it's a neat, my daughter's sure having fun exploring and my son can't wait to get there. So it'll be, it'll be fun. Who knows? Maybe I'll move out there someday too. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's incredible. No, they're having uh, a lot of fun. I'm sure. I mean, New York is, is, is unbelievable. It is. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Jeffrey. I so appreciate you being on the show, and I'm sure we thank will you. connect again someday soon. Yeah. So it'll be great. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Have a magical day, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Make Learning Magical podcast. I hope you were inspired by this episode and encouraged to find new ways to bring magic into teaching and learning. You can connect with me on Twitter at Tish Rich, Instagram at Tish Richmond, or on my website at tisharichmond.com. Please use the hashtag MLMagical to share thoughts about this episode. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and tune in next week for another magical episode.